All the kids wave. All the kids walk this way. That way. And walk Rob. that way. Rob. Awesome. You guys are awesome. Good morning, church. How are you doing? This morning, why don't you stand to your feet this morning? And I get a show of hands. Who expected? Who's expected in this place this morning? A couple of people. Who believes this morning that God can change us in His presence, His freedom, His healing? Come on. Yeah. This morning we're going we're gonna to sing this song, Open the Eyes of My Heart. And my, my prayer this morning is that we will be transformed this morning, that God would open our eyes, open our hearts, like He opened the mind and the heart of Saul. 
us all had a radical encounter with Jesus. How many people want a radical encounter with Jesus this morning? Two people. Is there anyone over this side that wants a radical encounter with Jesus this morning? A couple of people. I'm here to tell you this morning, one up the back, I see that hand. This morning, the presence of God is in this place. He's powerful and He wants to set you free. So we sing, open the eyes of our hearts this morning. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Come on, church, get your clap on. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see. I want to see you. Open the eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see. I want to see. Just see you high lifted. I lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing, holy, holy, holy. I lifted. I lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing, holy, holy. Open the eyes. Open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart.
my heart, Lord. Just the church, come on. In this place, we declare this morning, open the eyes.
shout of praise. Come on. I'm going to pray. Come on, let's give Jesus a big hand this morning. Praise you, Lord. We lift you up, Jesus. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Very good. You got every reason to celebrate this morning, haven't you? Yeah, Jesus is on the throne. You thought I was talking about the rugby. Come on, Jesus is on the throne. Yeah, come on, come on. You live in the best country in the world and Jesus is on the throne. Can't go wrong. Fantastic. Nice to have David and Claire with us all the way from Fielding. Pastor David and Claire Quinn. Wonderful. Welcome. Welcome. So, did you use all your energy last night watching the rugby or have you saved some for Jesus? I think at this moment you should introduce yourself to the person next to you. And just tell them that you may get a little crazy in the next few minutes as you celebrate Jesus. that going in the background you can't sit down surely you must feel that something's coming yeah welcome welcome it is great to have you here today so pleased to see you I think we need to sing a little bit more and I think from the front to the back the very back I'll praise your name. I'll praise your name. I will give Come on, let's lift them up. Every day. Every single day. I'll praise your name. And for what's to come. I'll praise your name. I will give you praise. I'll praise your name. I'll praise your name. I 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 praise your name. Here we go. Oh 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 oh
did last night when you're watching the rugby. present amongst us and I thank you that you want to speak to us, that you want us to partner with you, that you want to encourage us, that you want to counsel us, that today Lord you want to do us good. I thank you that we are your church and you got stuff for us to do. And so this morning my prayer is that every person would know the presence of you Holy Spirit. That you would rest on every person here in a way that would turn the switch on, in a way that would cause us to be the people you've asked us to be, in a way that would reinforce your incredible love and affection toward us. Lord, by faith, I declare today will be a good day in the house of God. It'll be a good day for your people. It will be a good day for our city. It'll be a good day for our country in Jesus' name, because you're on the throne, Lord. You're on the throne. So we bless you in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Well, it is so good to see you. And uh, it's been a good weekend, hasn't it? We had School of the Spirit, which was exceptional. It was exceptional. And um, if you weren't there, you should wish that you were because you really missed out. And I shouldn't rub that in your face, but I am with a great joy. Because I'm in that mood today. It's good. We had a great time, and uh, it's wonderful to have, I saw him somewhere, John Ken's with us all the way from Melbourne this morning. <laughs> Ministered at School of the Spirit yesterday. He's going to minister this morning. It'll be fantastic. And uh, we're in for a good day. Why don't you say hello to a few more people as you take a seat. visiting with us today, very warm welcome to you. It's nice to have you with us. Can I encourage you at the end of the meeting, if you uh, head down the back, there's a table, there's someone standing there with their hand up even right now with some nice white bags. We've got some information about the church, who we are, where we're going, what we're doing. And um, we'd love you to, if we can help you anyway in your journey, we'd love to do that. So um, if you see someone down there, they will help you. That'd be great. Well, who's had a birthday or an anniversary in the last week? Stanley on, Stanley on the keys. He kept it very, very quiet that it was his 30th birthday yesterday. Is, is Stanley the only one? Why don't we got a couple more down here? Fantastic. That's great. Happy birthday, Katie. Birthdays? Very good. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jason. Congratulations, mate. 40. Well done. Very good. Church, would you like to stand? We're going to declare God's blessing over these wonderful people today. Here we go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity, purpose and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. How about giving them a big hand? 
Thank you, kids. You can go. Have a great time. Thank you, teachers. We value you incredibly. You are wonderful. Well, a couple of things just to keep on your radar this morning. If you're a disciple of Christ, if you would call yourself a disciple of Jesus, a Christian, you need to be baptised. In the Bible, it talks about baptism. It's not an if, but, or maybe. It's, it's just what you do. And in many countries, until such time as you're baptised, you wouldn't even be considered a disciple of Christ. So if you haven't been, you need to be on the 2nd of July. We are having uh, baptisms during that day. And so if you haven't, do. And um, either see a leader or talk to someone at the hub and we'll get hold of you. But we'd love to baptise you on that day if you haven't been. A couple of other things. These brochures are out now. Um, you'll remember, or you may remember, I talked a couple of weeks ago about a possible trip to the Bible lands. Well, there's a brochure about it now. And um, we're looking at April next year. To make it work, we need 46 people. Uh, and I've had a lot of people show interest. What I need now is for you to formalise your interest by sending an email so I can start to do this properly. Uh, it would be an incredible trip. We'd be partnering with Pastor Kelly and Kumar to do this. Um, somehow he's worked it and we've got a bulk deal with the airline. We can do this for $5,000 a head. Now I know that's a lot of money, but for what you will get, it's actually very, very good value. That includes your airfare, that includes your accommodation, four star, and includes three buffet meals a day, plus entrance into all of the different things, and that is the cost. So if you've never been to the Bible Lands and you'd like to go, this is a great opportunity. So um, I've never been. I'm relying on Pastor Kumar to lead the way, although he's saying that I'm the host. Jen and I are the hosts. So if I answer with something with great knowledge, I'm just making it up. <laughs> Uh, our second school of leadership starts on the 11th of July. And uh, so if you want to be part of that, we had a great time, that first school of leadership. Uh, fantastic. The second one, uh, really going to focus in on personality types. Not to put you in a box, but to discover the way that God has created you so that you can excel in every area of life. And so that starts on the 11th of July. Uh, it's free. We just want you there. If you, if you want to develop in leadership, we want you there. It's only four Tuesday nights. Uh, four in a row. It starts on the 11th of July. You can sign up. There's brochures. Sign up at the hub. That would be fantastic. Two other things. One is our faith promise commitments. They're coming in. Thank you very much. But we need you to get them all in because uh, we need to make decisions now about what's happening with our global missions for the next year. Um, and it's, it really is quite simple. It's like we, we look at the faith promises and then our faith response is to ensure we have a budget that will work there. And um, you know, if all the cards aren't coming in, we're just firing way too low. We'll be on the phone to missionaries saying, guys, you need to come home. Um, so please get your cards in because it, it means we can plan do a lot. And here's the biggie. What are you doing at 2.30 today? Is anyone free at 2.30 today? Oh, come on. Don't tell me you're all busy. You're scared. You just don't know what I'm going to ask, eh? <laughs> you look, you sound slightly more enthusiastic than the first crowd. We've got an opportunity. We've got Daz Chittle with us tonight. Daz is an evangelist. 
of the crazy persuasion. And he tried to tell us that he wasn't freaky or something yesterday, eh? and he stopped himself mid-sentence and said, scrub that. Um, that he wasn't weird, that's what it was. He stopped mid-sentence and said, scrub that. Um, we've got Daz with us tonight, but what we want to do at 2.30 is we want to hit the streets of Hamilton and invite people to the meeting tonight and uh, tell people about Jesus tonight. And we're going to do that by buying a bundle of McDonald's cheeseburgers to give out and just inviting people to church and telling them about Jesus. And you need to be there. Can you look to the person next to you and say, you need to do this? And then then say to them, this will be really good for you. Because the church in here is not effectively the church. This is a celebration of Jesus. The church effectively is out there. And for some of us, this would be the worst fear coming to pass. You what do you mean? I've got to walk around out in the streets and talk to someone about Jesus? Yes, but for some of you, it would set you free by doing it. You'll push through that fear and you'll be off. I could think of lots of reasons why I shouldn't be there, but I'll be there. And I'll be doing it and I have a smile on my face. And I'll be doing it with absolute confidence hearing about Jesus. I had an incredible conversation with a guy on the plane a couple of days ago. And um, 45 minutes we spoke. He knew nothing of God. He's just a, a young businessman who, he knew, typical Kiwi, he knew nothing of God. I said, how much do you know about God? He said, oh, we cut a kia now and again. I said, so you don't know a lot? No. no. And so I got to share him, with him my testimony. I got to talk to him about the things of God. I got to teach him how to pray. All, all in the, the, just a, a little flight across New Zealand. And, and, and I never led him to Christ, but he left the plane with knowing how to pray and knowing what questions to ask God. And I thought, wow, I did my bit. That's what God asked of me. That was my bit. And um, we can all do that. It's not for the few of us. We can all do that. You've just got to step into that place. I'm laboring this point because I'd love to see you at 2.30. And I can, I can see behind your eyes right now you're writing every excuse in the book why you shouldn't be here. Hey, you're even too scared to nod now. It's like, just look any way but him because if I make eye contact with him, I'm in serious custard. He'll expect to see me. 2.30, here. You can do it. It'll be good for you. It'll be great for you. And it's not like you're doing it on your own. You can be the quiet one in the group. That's okay. Because there'll be a few noisy ones. Always is. Who's free at 2.30? Yeah, no more hands in the first time. I didn't do a very good job there. I'm going to start again if you want. Come on, do it. I dare you. Well, you chickens. Tonight we've got Daz and um, Maddie with us, actually. Uh, his mate, Maddie Russell. And, and uh, Maddie Russell's a rapper. So we're gonna, he's going to rap the gospel tonight. So that'll be pretty cool, won't it? So this will be a great place to be. And um, I encourage you to come out for that. Anyway, I'll see you at 2.30. <laughs> That's a good idea. Lock the doors now. You can't get out. You're still here at 2.30. Who was it? That's smart. I like it. Thinking on my page now. Very good. Hey, um, 
Team, why don't you continue to lead us in worship? Thanks so much. I invite you guys to stand and we'll continue with our worship. Um, This morning, we're singing um, songs that declare how incredible God is and the truths of God. And I just wanted to say, like, when we sing that we believe in God, we believe in Jesus and we believe in the Holy Spirit, things change. And, you know, Daz is here and I'm so encouraged by the faith that he has. And we have a city out here that doesn't know who Jesus is. We need to start moving. We need to move now. And when we declare that we believe in Jesus, Jesus changes things. We need to step out of our comfort zone. Trust God. Be bold. He's never, ever going to leave us. And He never, ever, ever puts us in positions that we can't handle. And I truly believe that as we declare these words this morning, new faith is going to be born. New levels are going to arise. God's going to come in and He's going to overtake whatever fear is in your life right now. He's going to wash that away. Anything that you're asking prayer for, you're going to receive it. But we need to have faith together as a church. Declare that anything is not too big for God to handle, right? He can conquer anything. Lord, I thank You so much that You're a faithful Father, that You love us so much. Lord, I thank You that You're the healer, You're the provider, You're the redeemer. You give us grace daily. Mercy. Come and fill us today, Father. Fill us with Your love and Your peace and Your guidance and Your joy.
us believe what we're singing there, the powerful name of Jesus. Yeah? When I was talking about going out on the street, I was goading you a little. But I'm dead serious at the same time. But what I saw from the front is I saw a reaction of fear. And it's kind of like, picture the America's Cup. You know, there's, there's a bit of stake. And the fact that you turned up today, 1-0. Yeah? 1-0 for the kingdom. Now, you could have done a lot of other things this morning. But you've come to celebrate Jesus, to join with your brothers and sisters in faith and celebrate Jesus. 1-0. Devil goes... Ooh, one nil. I won't let this get out of hand. I'm just going to tip some fear in there. And we get the opportunity to respond. Fear is of the devil. I don't find it in the list of the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to put conviction on you. Please don't allow that to happen. That's not what I'm doing. But we can embrace fear. One all. One all. Because fear is not of the kingdom. And I don't know what you came in with today and what circumstances you're carrying and what issues you're facing, but as we sing the power of Jesus, we're making a statement there that our heart needs to follow. And you know, we can go 2 0 this morning. I don't know what the issue is that you're dealing with, that you're struggling with, but why not make it 2 0? rather than allowing fear or opposition to take hold of us and suddenly, oh my goodness, it's one, one all now. No, no, the, the kingdom wins. It's, God's already won. The victory's already, you're not fighting for victory, you're fighting from a place of victory. And it's just a matter of holding it and going, okay, I'm going to make this 2-0 now because I've already won. I'm not going to fall across the line. I'm going to smash this thing. We're going to sing the power of the name of Jesus one more time. And whatever it is in your world that's asking that fear, I think fear is a thing, that you you want to give way to fear, let that thing go this morning and say, okay, Jesus, we're going for 2-0. Is that all right? Okay, can we sing that again? You've got to do the transaction with Jesus. He's already done it.
I thank you, Lord, that in you it is already one. We take hold of that this morning in Jesus' name. Already one. Amen. What a great position to live from, eh? Isn't that fantastic? No matter, you know, you have, we all have ups and downs, but it's already one. That is fantastic. That is well, it's a, it's a huge, huge privilege to have John with us this morning, John Kens. John is the leader, the founder of Leaders Network International, and uh, they've got stuff happening all over the place. And uh, the more I hear him talking, he drops a story here or there, I go, oh my goodness, you really have got stuff all over the place uh, that's happening and some great things. And, and uh, I've quickly established that John is a man of faith. And I want to encourage you to open your hearts this morning because as he speaks, something, a dynamic of the kingdom is going to be released and it's yours for the taking. So take it. How about giving him a massive welcome as he comes? Hallelujah. Thank you. Great to be with you today. Praise God. We're having a great weekend. Thank you again, Sheridan and Jan, for inviting me. And a privilege to be here and a pleasure having a great weekend. I'm enjoying myself. Whether anybody else does or not is not really my problem. But uh, I'm having a good time. I just love Jesus. That's it. I just can't stop loving him. I've been serving him for 39 years. And uh, I'm still excited about him. I've actually found other Christians who are excited as well. Maybe not here, but anyway. <laughs> Praise God. I uh, originally from England, a place called Brighton in England. Lived in Manchester for five or six years where my first uh, child was born, my son. Manchester, I don't know if you know where, anybody know where Manchester is in England? It's actually on the way to heaven. <laughs> you can't get to heaven unless you go through Manchester and visit Old Trafford, where Manchester United. And, and he who has any disagreement, the Lord will show you. Oh man, if we've got any Liverpool fans here or Arsenal, even the word itself tells you what they're like. And Manchester, and, and Manchester City, I'd like to pray with you right now because I want to get that stuff out of you before we get into the word. Hallelujah. Praise God. But uh, originally from England, uh, pioneered a church with my wife there. I'd been a Christian two years, so it was obvious I needed to do something for God. So we started a church. And uh, despite all my best efforts, everything I did, the church grew. And uh, it didn't matter what I did wrong, God still blessed us. And we grew to hundreds and hundreds. I ended up on radio and other stuff and traveling all over England and uh, began to travel into Africa and America and around Europe preaching. Didn't know what I was preaching, but most of the other people listening didn't either, so it worked all right. And... Uh, after 10 years, we felt that uh, Father spoke to us and said, we want you to move to Australia. I said to him, what did I do wrong? He said, no, nothing. Just want you to go there. Didn't know anybody, didn't know what we were going to do there, but I learned over my journey with him that he's the boss, I'm not. He's God, I'm not. Do what he says. So we literally handed the church over. Six months later, we moved to Australia, not knowing anybody, not knowing what we're meant to do. But by the grace of God, stuff happened, and uh, we pioneered another church there, and then we led that into a bigger church. And uh, for 20-some years now, I've been traveling around the world doing whatever it is I do, 
Uh, again, some people have no idea what I do, but that's fine, nor do I. But God's moving and doing stuff, and uh, I have the privilege of serving hundreds, hundreds, and hundreds of leaders and churches around the world in, in uh, a lot of countries. I spend uh, most of my time on the road. A couple of times a month, I'm on an international trip somewhere, and uh, just go home to make sure I'm still married, and uh, that I've still got a wife there. Sometimes she uh, doesn't want me back because uh, I'm a very fussy eater. I have a problem, like four years ago I was diagnosed with colon cancer, uh, quite aggressive, but by the grace of God, uh, although they thought I might not live, you'll realize I did. Some of you saying, why would we realize that? But uh, by the grace of God, I survived that, and, uh, but I, there's a lot of food I can't eat. They've already found out the guys this weekend. I'm very basic. My wife says it's just boring because my wife is actually a chef by profession. And uh, so she'll ask me what I want, and I would just want cheese on toast. But make it a good one. You're a chef. Make it look really good. And, uh, but uh, I've been married for 44 years, and it uh, doesn't seem... Uh, thank you. I am. I'm a hero. Praise God. And uh, it doesn't seem a day over 44 years. And uh, it's, it's been great. Heather and I met when we were just in our early teens, and... Uh, fell in love, whatever that means, and uh, we just began to talk about life together. And as soon as we were old enough, we got married, and uh, have done uh, life together ever since, grew up together, had two children, a son who's 38, a, a daughter who's 35. My daughter's my PA in the ministry. My daughter-in-law works for us in our administration and so on in the ministry. So it's brilliant. We've got the family working with us. We've got four grandsons, One's 10, and the youngest is three, so we are blessed, hallelujah. So they are, next to Father God, to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, they are the most important thing in my life. My ministry is, is subject to all of that. You know, I remember saying to my son one time, you are more important than what I do. You are far more important. I was speaking at a conference in West Africa, and uh, his birthday was two days after the end of the conference, and uh, the... Uh, Air traffic control went on strike in France. How many of you have been to France? Anybody hear French? I want to pray for you if you are. No, I'm kidding. But uh, they went on strike and they said, you can't, you can't uh, fly. And I said, no, I have to fly. I promised my son that he's a priority in my life and I have to be home for his birthday. I've never missed a birthday of my wife or my children or my grandchildren up to now. It's brilliant. I somehow just work it all around because they are the most important people in my life. And so somehow we prayed and a plane arrived in this West African country and we somehow got seats on it. I had two other guys traveling with me. And they said, we can get you to Paris. I said, well, I don't like Paris, but we'll go there. That gets me closer to England. So we flew to Paris. We took a train across to the north of France. And we got a boat from the north of France across to the south coast of England. And I arrived on the morning of my, my son's birthday. Hallelujah. And he has never forgotten what Dad did to show him that I value him so much. But above all of that, I love Jesus. I'm not going to apologize for that. I keep saying that. I'm just in love with God. I, I think God is outstandingly amazing. And some of you here agree. It's wonderful. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And I'm just excited. I have the privilege of traveling, seeing God do all sorts of exciting stuff. And uh, I've been sharing here this weekend. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit and, and flying in the Holy Spirit. How many were here uh, yesterday? 
Great, you came back. Thank you. That's great. We had a great time. How many enjoyed that last session, if we could call it a session? One that outstanding, how God just broke in and did his stuff. I, I love it when God just shows up and shows off. I, I just, you know, I sit back and say, just do your stuff, Father. It's brilliant. We just got to flow with that. And this morning, I want to talk about a church of God's presence and power. Does that sound all right? If it doesn't, it's too bad. That's what I'm doing. As I travel, it seems that many churches, many Christians are desiring to move to new levels in the Holy Spirit. They're longing to see a genuine outpouring of the Holy Spirit, not just a little touch. I, I, I go through Africa, Asia, North America, Europe, and uh, around Australasia, and increasingly I'm finding so many churches, Christians are saying, we don't just want the norm, we don't just want the same old, same old, we want to see the power of God, we want to see the presence of God. I get to speak at youth conferences in many nations, and I find so many young people saying, we don't just want religion, we don't just want church, we want to see God, we love your stories, we love what you're doing, but we want to see it for ourselves, we want to be part of it, and I say amen, we want to help you get into that as well, we want you to get out there and do a lot better than we're doing, and do a lot more than we're doing, and uh, when the Holy Spirit shows up, He impacts not just the church, but the community, see the Holy Spirit is not just about blessing you, it's about using you to bless the community, to bless the nation, to impact the community. So whatever God does in me is not for me, it's actually for others. And he wants to flow through us in that way. And more and more people are, are wanting to see that. In the book of Acts, anybody read the book of Acts in the Bible? Let me back up. Anybody heard of the Bible? Okay, the book of Acts is in there if you read sometime. And, and the early church was so empowered and filled with the presence of God and moving in the power that they turned the whole place the right way up. They went against the culture of the day. They didn't try to fit into the culture. So much of our Western church is trying to fit into the culture. But actually, we're meant to be a counterculture. We push back against what's happening in our communities with love and with grace, but with the power and the presence of God. Hallelujah. And we push back against it, and we let them see there's a better way to do life. How many of you know that serving Jesus is a better way than anything else you can ever do? It's a much better way, and we need to show that. We need to let that flow out of us, and the, and the Holy Spirit enables us to do that. See, the early church just let the power of the Spirit flow, the presence of God. The disciples were passionate for Jesus. I wonder if there's anybody here passionate for Jesus. Sorry, you might not have heard me. I said, I wonder if there's anybody here that's passionate for Jesus. Hallelujah. See, get passionate for Jesus. You, you might be passionate for your sport, you might be passionate for something else, but ultimately, if you follow Jesus, the greatest passion in your life should be Him and the presence of God and the power of God and that relationship with God. And somebody said, Amen. And getting excited with Jesus. See, if you're not excited with Jesus, the world's never going to get excited. If you say, I'm a follower of Jesus, but you're not excited about it, why would the world get excited? Amen. They say, I've got enough problems without looking like you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You will be insulted this morning, by the way. That's part of my plan and strategy, so I will be working on that. But the disciples are passionate, which led to dynamic things happening everywhere they went. See, God wants a people who are full of zeal, that have a great enthusiasm, not coming to a meeting on a Sunday morning because that's what I've got to do to please God, but saying, hey man, why don't you open the door some other day so I can get there and meet with the other Christians. Getting excited. When we started our church in England, it was mainly drug addicts, prostitutes, alcoholics that were coming. I... I uh, I mean, six months in, 
I've personally led to the Lord probably about 80 or 90 drug addicts and street people and, and, and ex-criminals and, well, some of them I think were still criminals. But anyway, uh, led them to the Lord and it was draining us. They'd knock the door at two in the morning, can you help me? And I'd say, clear off. I love you, but clear off, you know, and that kind of thing. It was just wearing us down. And I remember saying to the Lord one time, I said, Lord, could you possibly send me somebody normal? And I heard the Holy Spirit say this, I can't find anybody. And if you ever look around, you'll see what I'm talking about. And so we, that, that was our kind of life. But, but you know, we, we got excited. Our, our church was wild. If you want to, I, I don't know what you think of your level of worship here, and it's great, and the guys do a fantastic job. And trust me, I get to go to lots and lots of churches, so I'm, I'm pretty quick on how that all works. But our church was pretty wild. I mean, normal worship on a Sunday, Saturday night. We actually had to have meetings every night because these new Christians wouldn't let us not meet. So every night we had something happening. We had to because they said, well, listen, if, if it's all for Jesus, why do we only meet once a week? Why aren't we meeting lots more? Why aren't we doing lots more? And uh, some of our druggies started youth outreaches and all the rest of it, less than a year old. And here they are out there running youth programs and all the rest of it because they said, if you love Jesus, you can't just sit around once a week. That's not enough. And they were right. No amens there. But anyway, I'll, I'll keep going. But uh, thank you very much. So, uh, but, but it was pretty wild. I mean, our normal worship service would be cartwheels, backflips, leapfrogging, people jumping around, all sorts of things. I remember one time my brother was, lead, my brother was associate pastor. He was leading the worship and he's got this big grin on his face and he's, he's doing this to me, have a look. And I look around and we've got two or three rows of leapfrogging young people just leapfrogging over each other during the worship. Hallelujah. Some of you were thinking they're not saved. Yes, they were. They actually were excited. Anybody here ever been excited? I, I, I don't want to presume anything this morning. But they were excited. It was brilliant. You couldn't stop them talking about Jesus. It's fantastic. And that's how it should be if we're filled with His Spirit, if we're filled with His power. There's this enthusiasm and passion for His church and His kingdom. I've still got that passion. I've been serving Him for 39 years. I am still absolutely madly in love with Jesus. I am absolutely passionate about the church and the kingdom after 39 years. Hallelujah. And I want others to catch that. Because then I don't have to preach at people. I just have to let them see the passion that I have. I talk about my wife a lot. Why? Because I love her so much and my kids and grandkids. And I talk about Jesus a lot. Why? Because I love him so much. So I make sure he's introduced in every conversation. You know, you order a burger at McDonald's. Well, if you're desperate. And uh, so anybody here work for McDonald's? Thank you so much for serving. Hallelujah. Um, you know, somehow introduce Jesus into it because uh, I'm just passionate for him and I think that's what God's looking for in this day. That's what's going to change our communities. Not staid, comfortable, safe Christians who may now and again drop a, tr a Christian track on a table or something, but people who just live in the life. I love what Matt Redman wrote in one of his songs. He said, many are the words we say now to live the life. Now to live the life. And when you're filled with that presence of God, that power of God, you don't have to be anything. It just flows out of you because it's just who you are. It's who you've become. Great passage in John chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. A whole passage about how Jesus reacted to religion and the hypocrisy and deceit and the greed that can come into religion. 
And uh, we won't read all the verses now, but he, in John chapter 2, he goes up to the temple and he starts to get angry at what he sees. I think that might still be the case in a lot of places. And he's, he's sitting there and, and this whole picture of gentle Jesus, meek and mild, just goes right out the window because he sits there and he makes a whip. Now, I, I connected this a, a few years ago because it said the things Jesus did, you should do. And I thought I should probably make a whip then. Wouldn't that be cool on a Sunday morning, the pastor comes up with a whip to the front. Good morning. How are you going? I think I'll start ministering over this side. Be brilliant. And Jesus made a whip. He wasn't sinfully angry. He was righteously angry. Because this wasn't reaction. This was premeditated. There was a righteousness that rose up and said, why are they playing around? Why are they messing around with religion? Let's get some reality in this place. They get some real stuff happening in this place. And so he gets a whip and he goes around whipping all the people. I love that. I, I just love that picture. I think that's part of the call of God on my life to just go around and whip people. I, I feel, you know, you do it in love because you're not allowed to do anything outside of love in Jesus. So you've got to whip them with love. Uh, and I think, what would the disciples be, be feeling? It would be brilliant, wouldn't it? How many of you would love to have been a disciple that day? Yeah, go on, Jesus. Give it him. I mean, I can imagine Pete, he's grabbing him, ministering, fivefold ministry, pump, pump, pump. Did you get that? And Thomas is probably saying, oh, I doubt they're going to be very happy about this. And John just, hey, love you, dude. Love you, dude. Yeah, that is blood, but we love you anyway. Hallelujah. Jesus loves you. I mean, it was exciting to be around Jesus. And I want to propose to you, it's still exciting to be around Jesus. I might suggest that again. I think it's still exciting to be around Jesus. You never know what he'll do. Hallelujah. He might ruin a good funeral. I mean, people paid good money. Got a nice coffin. Having a nice little wailing party. Wandering down the street. Sad songs. Big meal coming up. And Jesus wrecks the blooming thing. Says, what is the problem? Say, so he's dead. No, he's not dead. He's just asleep. Get up. Can you imagine that? We all sort of read the story and say, oh, that's nice. No, it's freaky. Now, how many of you have been to a good funeral where someone got raised? Now, it's freaky, isn't it? But it was exciting. He might go for a little walk across the lake. What fun that would be, hey? Hey, I'm coming, Jesus. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Don't rush, don't rush. It was just exciting, but I find it exciting to be around Jesus today because you never know what he's going to do. Never know what's going to happen. He could turn up now. We've locked the door, so it's too late. He could come and do anything right now. Hallelujah. Even at the back. Oh, no. <laughs> Praise God. It's exciting to be around Jesus. And God is building a church that's capable of taking on the enemy and winning. I don't have time for any defeat mentality. I really don't. We heard already, Jesus already won the victory. I'm not fighting for victory, I'm fighting from victory. I've already got the victory in Jesus Christ, and as long as I stay in Him and let Him flow in me, I'm always going to walk in triumph, even through the problems. Because how many of you know there are problems? How many of you brought one with you this morning? How many are sitting next to that problem? Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, a lot of this now, isn't it? You know, it's like, like this. And... There's going to be stuff happens. That's life. Most of us live on the planet. I'm going to look around here, not all of you, but most of us live on this planet, don't we? Stuff happens, but we can walk in victory. 
The Bible doesn't say that Jesus will make it all nice and sweet and easy for you and you won't have problems. He actually calls us overcomers. And how many of you know to be an overcomer you have to? Oh, I forgot about that bit, didn't we? I'm an overcomer, I'm an overcomer. What have you overcome? Nothing up to now, praise God. You have to overcome. And he's creating and building this wonderful house, getting rid of our security in form and ceremony, getting rid of our security in things so that we come to a place of security in him. That whatever is happening in our lives, whatever's going on in life, I had a policeman in the West African nation pull a gun on me, flick the, the whatever, I don't even know about guns, but he pulled whatever it is back, the trigger, and he just pointed at my head and said, you don't do what I tell you, I'll kill you now. See, I, w- I wasn't safe at that time in the natural, but I was safe in the spiritual, because I was there because Jesus told me to go. It's his problem, although I look like I'm facing it right now. That if he was standing here, that would be nice, but, you know, it's me. I can remember I prayed one of my quickest prayers at that moment as the guy pulled the gun and just put it against my head. I said, help! <laughs> How many have prayed prayers like that? They kind of work, don't they, you know? And I can remember in my mind, because i got this wacky, wacky humor, even in stupid situations, I, I just see the funny side of stuff. And I just remember saying, Jesus, please come be here now. Otherwise, I'm going to be there with you. And I prefer you come here at the moment. And at that moment, his, the, the sergeant of the police came over and, and in, in this uh, other language began to talk and he asked the guy, why, why are you doing this? And I, I sort of said, he's trying to take my passport and I'm refusing to give it to him. He's not going to get my passport because I knew if they get my passport, I'll never get out of the country. And so the, the sergeant looks at this officer and begins to slap him on the face. And I'm going, yes, in the name of Jesus, yes, yes. I'm standing behind this sergeant going, yeah, and you're good at it, mate. That's what you'll get. Just hoping he didn't get the gun out again. But you know, my security, my safety is in the presence of the Lord. Not in anything else. But many of us, we're safe in our home, our new car, the money we've got in the bank. And those are all valid, those are all fine, that's all good, as long as they haven't got you. Because you've got to find your security in Jesus. If you lose all your money, are you going to be secure? If God says, give your house away, are you going to be secure? See, God's trying to build a house that's secure in Him, whatever happens. Ephesians 2, verses 21 to 22, in the Message Bible it says, we see it taking shape. A holy temple built by God, all of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. God wants to be at home in your life. God wants to be at home in this church. He wants to be at home in His church. Uh, you, you know that feeling about being at home. How many of you travel or been away from your house? Anybody here ever left our home? I mean, other than just a quick dash to the shops or the church and back home again. Anybody ever been away for more than a week or whatever? You, you know that feeling? It's great to be away. I, I'm privileged to travel all over the world. I get hosted in all kinds of situations, and I love it when I come into the house. That, let's say for this house, I'm now under the authority of your leaders here, and if they want me at something at 8 o'clock, I'll be there. If they want me there at 6 o'clock, I'll be there, maybe. Now, and if they want me, you know, you finish at this time, yes, sir. And it's not a problem. I love that. I'm more than happy to submit because that increases who I am. And so I submit to their authority. But you know, when I fly back to Melbourne, I come into the city, I'm picked up by someone, I go home, I go in the house, I put the case down, I'm home. 
I stay in some incredibly beautiful places and I stay in mud huts where there's no power, no water, no electricity. But when I get home, it's kind of, wow, I'm home. I'm in charge. As long as my wife says I am. And, and I kick back my lazy boy and I just say, I'm home. I can just chill out. I can be who I want to be. It's not that I'm someone else when I travel. I hope I'm the same person, whoever I'm with, wherever I am. But now I'm kind of, I can do what I want. If I don't want to have lunch, I don't have lunch. If I don't want to go out at a certain time, I don't go out because I'm now in charge. You understand what I'm saying? Your home is your house. And so that's how Father wants to be in us. He wants to be at home. You know, Heather and I have been married 44 years, but we still have disagreements. I, I love the fact that Heather sees she's wrong so quickly, and I appreciate that. But in fact, the argument that we had the other day, it was my fault. I've got to be honest. She said to me, what's on television? And I just replied, dust. I just wanted to tell the truth. <laughs> and for some reason that began an argument. And how many of you know the wife has the last word in any argument? Anything you say after she's spoken is the beginning of the next argument. I found that's how it works anyway for me. But God is wanting to, to move in us and through us. He wants to be in the house. In, Acts chapter, uh, in Mark chapter 2 verse 1, there was a church that was filled with God's presence. And there's this great verse in Mark chapter 2 verse 1. It says that, Jesus entered Capernaum and it was heard that he was in the house. And I was reading this passage one day and I was going on to some other verses in Mark chapter 2 that I was sort of looking at. And the Holy Spirit stopped me and said, go back and read that. Mark chapter 2 verse 1. It was heard that he was in the house. And I want to ask you today, is it heard that Jesus is in your house? Is it heard that he's in the house? Because when it's heard that he's in the house, you don't have to go talk about it. Everybody knows he's in the house. And wherever I go, if Jesus is in the house, stuff's going to happen whether I speak or not. Because Jesus is in the house. And when Jesus is in the house, miracles happen. Hallelujah. And it just gripped my heart. It was heard that he was in the house. We need to remind ourselves that we, the people of God, are His house. Thank God for this building. Thank God for all the programs you have going. It's wonderful and exciting to hear all the stuff that's going on through this church. And praise God for that. But this is not the church. You know that. We all know that theologically, doctrinally, but we still act as though this is the church. But we are the church. So when you go to the cafe at lunchtime, when you go to the mall tomorrow, the church is there because the people are the church. So when I'm having a coffee with Sheridan, the church is in the cafe. God is in the house. Hallelujah. So whoever's serving us, whoever's uh, just helping us at that moment, they are now in the presence of God because God is in the house. And when you understand that, then you begin to live differently because you know everywhere you go, you can make an impact, not even by your speech, but by the very fact that God is in the house. And when His presence is there, all sorts of stuff can happen. All sorts of things can go off. And so we've got to break the mindset of getting people to church. Can I relieve you from a pressure here? Don't try to get people to here because God wants to get you to there. He wants to get you, we're so trying to get people into the church, 
but God wants to get the church into the world. Jesus said, I pray not that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them while they're in the world so that we live with his presence and his power so that I can go anywhere. I've been into witches' covens. I've been into all sorts of different places, but I'm in the majority because God is in the house. And it's not about getting people to here. It's about getting this out there. And when we get it out there and people get saved, they'll want to come here. Hallelujah. Most of our converts in England were not saved in church meetings. In fact, many times we didn't even make older calls. We didn't need to because they'd already been led to the Lord during the week. The only older calls we had was to pray for healing because we saw every week dozens, hundreds sometimes of people healed. But we knew I would come to a church meeting, and I can honestly say this without exaggeration, Father's my witness, that pretty much every week, every month, there would be 20, 30 new people in the church, and they weren't there because they responded to an altar call. They'd been led to Jesus out there because God is in the house. And we would tell these druggies who are now saved and set free, we'd tell them, you've now got God in you. So wherever you go, you're carrying his presence so you can bring change. And they would lead their mates to Jesus on the streets and then bring them on Sunday and say, can you do anything with them? Because God's in the house. God's in the house. And when his presence is there, all sorts of stuff happen. I remember again, I was in West Africa. And I, uh, I was being interpreted through the crusade, uh, uh, an organization you may have heard of, Youth with a Mission, invited me in to do a national crusade in, in this nation with them. And we had a great time, went on radio and all the rest, because all the miracles that were taking place. And I had this great interpreter, he was about this tall. And I'm sure Sheridan knows, a, a, an interpreter can kill or he can really make your sermon fly. Just depends what he's like. This guy was brilliant. Everything I did, he did. You know, I'd walk over here, he'd walk over here. I'd walk over there, I'd go like this, he'd go like this. I'd move like this, he'd move like this. And so I started to mess about. I'd go like this and then come back like this. And he would do it. He actually was a, a, an interpreter for the president of the nation. And so he was brilliant. I mean, if I coughed, <coughs> he went, oh, because it was French. And you might get it, you might not, it doesn't matter. But he was so close to me. I mean, literally, it was like I was wearing him. I turned around and he was there, you know. And, and, and I was sort of like I do now. I'm moving my hands around and I accidentally hit him on the top of the head because he was so close. And at that moment, he started bouncing like one of those wind-up toys. Have you seen them? You know, you wind them up and they just bounce. He started bouncing all around. I thought, well, that is weird, isn't it? I don't see a lot of that, do you, really? And he's literally bouncing around. So I don't have an interpreter now. We've got this crowd are waiting for something to happen. They're wondering, this guy is just going around like this wind-up toy, just literally bobbing around all over the stage. And so I just said, you know what? I, I, I'm going to believe in the Spirit that you can hear what I'm saying in the Spirit, despite the language issues. He's just getting touched by the Holy Spirit, and it can happen to you. And as I did that, they tell me somewhere between five and 600 people were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they all just fell down on the ground and couldn't get up just under the power of God. It obviously doesn't work all the time because you're still sitting there. <laughs> Let's try over here. So I went over the other side. <laughs> and literally I went over the other side because I, I, I did this and I thought, whoa, that was cool. I didn't even ask for that. So I, thought I, so I did in this meeting in, in, in West Africa. I went and did the same. I said, see what happened to them? 
can happen to you and exactly the same. Now, everybody in the place is out on the floor, got nobody to preach to. What do you do? So I just literally stood there and waited. And the testimonies that we got, in, the, in those meetings, they brought a young girl. She had matchstick legs. That's the best way. She had no muscle, just, I mean, just thin legs. Her mother had to carry her because uh, they were just stumps at the end of her legs. And I said, bring her up here. We're going to see God do his stuff. They had the cameras rolling, brought her up, started to pray. And as we watched, the foot grew. And then the toes came out of the foot. Then the leg muscles began to grow. Everybody's watching this. You can imagine they got excited. Not quite like you, but they were really, really, really excited. And it went off. And then just, I, I think they told me about 1,500 people got physically healed just that day. Praise God. Outstanding. See, God, thank you. Yes, give, give God a... Hallelujah. See, when we've got the presence of God, in His presence, sin has to flee. In his presence, sickness flees. So you see, wherever I go, because he's in the house, stuff happens. Not because I'm thinking, oh God, I've got to talk to someone about you today. He's just in the house. So inevitably, something's going to happen today as I go somewhere. And he wants that for you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, just wave at me. Sorry to get you to move. <laughs> How many of you have been filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, of course, because if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's the same for you. It's not just about the preacher and one or two others. It's about the body of Christ rising up, recognizing his presence is in the house. And we're taking that presence wherever we go. Not trying to just feel nice and comfortable, but saying, hey, Jesus, you can make a difference through my life today. You can impact others through my life today. In his presence, sin is destroyed. Sickness is driven away. And the second thing, church of God's power. So a church of his presence and the church of his power. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to give me an easy life, to make me happy to meet all my needs and give me all the money I want. And that is the gospel that's preached so much in the West. But that's not what he says. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he's anointed me to bring good news. How many of you know you're meant to be good news? Look at the person next to you and say, see, I told you you're meant to be. <laughs> to bring good news, to set captives free, to heal the brokenhearted to set at liberty those who are bound. That's why we've got that anointing on us. That's why we've got the power of God on us. If you've got the power of God on you, it's not so you can just say, I'm Pentecostal. I can speak in tongues. Got holier spit than anybody else. I mean, that may be true, but it's not about that. It's about letting that power flow out of you. We need a dynamic release of the Holy Spirit power. Everybody say power. See, how pathetic was that, really, wasn't it? Let's be honest. We've got to be real today. We're in church. We're Christians. We can't lie. That was pathetic. We need the what? We need the? Mm. We need the? Oh, you're tiring already. This is pathetic. Two attempts and it's rubbish. We need the power of God in our lives to move us from safe Christianity. Too many Christians are safe. And yet you've been born again into something that's supernatural. 
And your safety is in that, not in keeping everything the way you want it. It's about letting God be God, do what He wants in and through you. Hallelujah. Every follower of Jesus is meant to be living a supernatural life. Not freaky, for some of you too late, you already are. But not freaky in terms of the Holy Spirit. It's just normal, supernatural life with the power of God flying in and through us. Hallelujah. You may feel inadequate. You may feel weak. But that's when God shows up. God delights to show himself in your weakness. God delights to turn up and just show you that it's not about you. It's about him. When you're weak, he's strong. Hallelujah. And when miracles happen, you see, he gets all the glory. And even as you move out in the power of God, there may be kingdom clashes. I shared one in the first meeting, service, sorry, gathering. I knew I'd get there eventually. I knew I'd get that word. I remember here in New Zealand, actually, I was preaching in a particular church. And there's a huge crowd had come out for prayer. So I'm, I'm just staying on the platform and I'm just doing this. I'm just walking along the platform going in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And I, I get to one older woman. And as I do this, in the name of Jesus, she goes, Sss. I thought, oh, that's interesting, isn't it? So I kept going. and I, Me being me, I thought, I'll come back and have another go. So like that, and she goes, Sss. So I thought, that is interesting. I've got to get down and have a look at that. So I got off the platform and I, I started to walk towards her. And as I started to walk towards her, she was hissing louder and louder. And she was starting to writhe a little bit like a snake. And then she literally began to karate me. Seriously. This is New Zealand. What a strange country. <laughs> Seriously, this is not made up. There was a whole lot of people watching this. And she literally, now she's going, so I thought, what do you do? I thought, I better look in the manual. If someone hisses and does karate, page 37. (laughs) There's no manual. So what do I do? So I thought, I know what I do. And again, this is just me. So I just went, hi My wife is sitting over there going, oh no, he's at it again. So literally she's going, and I'm going, hi. Then I just went through it and in between her karate moves, I just put my hand in quickly and I just said, in the name of Jesus, and just touch her forehead. She hit the ground. She just went out like a light. I carried on doing my stuff and whatever. And then I heard all this commotion and she had jumped up. She was totally free, totally made whole. She was shouting hallelujah like some of you have known. And she was just going wild. And the whole place was rocking and all sorts of miracles broke out as a result of that. See, because the Bible says greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. And if God is for you, amen. And that's not rhetorical because some of you say, well, this and this. No, no, it's not rhetorical. If God is for you, who can be? It doesn't matter who's against you. It doesn't matter because God is for you. Everybody say, God is for me. 
God is for you. And when you've got His presence and His power, you don't have to worry about anything, anyone, anybody. You can step out and say, God is in the house. Hallelujah. Whatever happens, I'm going to move in His authority. Ephesians 3.20, for you, God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think or dream or imagine. Have any of you ever thought anything? Some of you think, I'm not sure. I'll have to ask my husband. God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask, think, dream, or imagine. What are you asking Him? What are you thinking? What are you dreaming? What are you imagining? I don't have time to get into it now. But we so limit God. We so try to put Him into a little box. And He's huge. He's massive. He'll never fit into my little box. One preacher said it like this, and I know theologically it doesn't fly, but he said, some of our prayers God can never answer because He can't get into them. They're too small. And I know that doesn't fly theologically, but you you get the picture. We're we're making God so small. We try to get Him down to us when He's saying, come on, I want to lift you up to me. I don't want want to fit down into your little world. I want to lift you up into my world. I want you to see my world. I want you to see what I can do, who I am, how I can flow in and through you. Don't live with limit over your life. Don't just pull God into what is safe, but understand He's in the supernatural and He'll lift you up into that. And you can begin to flow and move in that place of power and His presence and begin to see God work through your life. And then you'll realize it's not just theory, it's reality. Because the supernatural is normal, hallelujah, when you're flowing in God and in His presence. And as we pursue His presence, He manifests His power and lives are changed. And that's the ultimate goal. Not so we can sit back and say, wow, that was great watching God. It was, wow, look at the lives that have changed. Because the power of God, the presence of God. My time's gone. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father. You're calling us to live in your world. You're not calling us to have some sort of safe Christianity. You're calling us to a whole new place, a whole new realm where we can live in your presence, walk in your presence, where we can see your power flowing through us, not because we're trying to conjure something up or trying to make something happen, but we're just living with that awareness that God is in the house. Father, I want to pray for people here today because I know you want to touch them. Holy Spirit, I know you're working on them already. And it may be you've come as a, with a friend today or just as a visitor, or maybe you've been coming a few times just trying to work out what is church and what is this God all about. We would love to pray with you because we desire above all things to help introduce people to Jesus. We desire that people would encounter Jesus because when you meet Jesus, you will realize that the life you're living is incomparable to the life that you could be living if you had Jesus in your life. The Bible tells us that Jesus left heaven voluntarily, walked on earth so that we could see what God is like. Then He chose to go to the cross, not for anything He did, but for everything we did wrong. And He was put into a grave. And on the third day, the Bible says He rose again to show that He has all power and all authority. What a powerful name it is. And He rose And He said, now I am the way, the truth and the life. No one gets to the Father but by me. Your good works won't get you to God. Your religious acts won't get you to God. Being a nice person won't get you to God. They're all good and commendable, but they never get you to God. Jesus said this, I alone am the way and the truth and the life. No one 
No one gets to Father except through me. You can come to Jesus many, many ways. But there's only one way to get to Father. That's through Jesus. And we want to invite you, if you've never done this, to say, Jesus, I want to connect with you. I want to stop running my own life because I'm messing it up. I want to stop being selfish and self-centered. I want to live for you and for what you have planned for me. We would love to help you finalize that decision and make that connection with Jesus. So whilst people are praying for you right now, if you've never done this, I want to invite you to just lift your hand as an indication that you are wanting to connect with Jesus, that you want to stop running your life. You want Jesus to become the boss of your life, the Lord of your life. And even though you don't understand so much about it, you're ready to let God be who He wants to be to you and through you. If you're in that place today where you're saying, I want to give my life away, I want God to get my life and put it back on track and get it where it's meant to be, would you just wave your hand at me now? We'd love to pray with you and talk with you after and help you begin that journey. Is there anybody in this auditorium now? Just right across from left to right, right to left, up at the back. Just raise your hand up and say, yeah, that's me. I don't get it. I don't fully understand it. But I do know that I want Jesus to be in my life. That's you. Wave at me right now. Over there somewhere. Thank you very much. Thank you. You guys have got a note of that. Thank you. Sorry, I couldn't see with the lights. Thank you. You can put your arm back down. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Don't say I'll do it tomorrow. You don't know you've got tomorrow. That's not scaremongering. That's just a fact of life. And say, well, I'll do it if someone else in my family does it. No, no, no. This is about you right now. You're in this place for this moment, for this reason. Anybody else with that has already put their hands up? Father, thank you so much for that response. Thank you that you've touched someone. And angels are doing backflips in heaven right now. They're excited about what you've just done in this house. And I thank you for it, Father. I pray that as they begin that journey, they will find that everything God says about Himself is true and real, and they can live in everything He has said they can live as they walk with Jesus Christ at the center of their lives. So we just pray over them and believe for an incredible journey to begin from this moment on in the name of Jesus. I want to keep praying. How many of you this morning are saying, you know what, I've been hearing about the presence, and I kind of know God, I'm aware of God, but I, I live disconnected. I'm realizing as I'm listening to you that so much of my life I just do in my ability and my strength. But I want to go out of this place and begin the journey of living with a new awareness and new connectedness to the presence of God. I want to live with that awareness. God is in my house. And whatever that means, however that works. If that's you today, if that's your response, I want you to just stand to your feet where you are and say, Father, I want to live with a new awareness, a new connectedness, a new level of awareness that you're living in this house. Thank you. Up at the back, standing all around the back of the well. Any others here? Come on, just stand. Don't, don't just play religion because it doesn't impress God. doesn't mean anything to God. He's looking for the reality. And if you're not living with that awareness, that connection to God, come on, you stand with all these others that are standing now. Say, Father, I want to go out of this place with a new level of awareness of you at work in me. Some of you young people, come on. Don't say, I'll do it a bit later. You won't. 
you'll mess up even more unless God's grace steps in. So just stand and say, yes, today, I'm going to let Jesus be everything He wants to be in me. I'm just going to connect in a new way. In my ordinary, everyday, humdrum life, I'm going to believe that His presence can flow through me. Anybody else want to stand with all these that are already standing right around the building? Thank you. Bless you. Well done, young lady. No matter what anybody else thinks, who cares? Hallelujah. Father, thank you for these that are standing. Thank you that you've spoken into their hearts and they've responded. And as they stand before you right now, I pray that there will come a new level of awareness of your Holy Spirit at work in them. I pray there will come a new awareness of the very life of Jesus flowing in and through them. I pray that no longer will they have a disconnection and just somehow talk and connect with God occasionally. But Lord, it will become a 24-7 lifestyle where they will be so aware of your presence, they'll be so aware of your power at work in them, that Lord, they will begin to live at the level you have called them to live at. That no longer they'll be just wondering what it's about, but they'll step into everything that's available in Jesus Christ. Lord, let them just sense your spirit right now. For all those standing right up around the back, Lord, just let your presence just fill them right now. Let them be aware that you're there and they're plugging into this power. And from now on, they're going to live at a whole new level. Because God is in the house. So I pray you'll bless them in that. Minister to them in that, Father. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Just let that be sealed into your heart, into your spirit. It's not that you've got to try harder. You've got to do more religious stuff. It's just that now you've got to be retrained by the Spirit. And He'll help you. You see, He comes as your help, as your guide. He'll help you in those moments of crisis, in those moments of challenge, where normally you default to panic and fear and anxiety. You're going to realize, you're going to remember, God is in the house. You're going to default to just drawing on that and Him being in you, flowing through you. Bless you so much. Bless you so much. I want to do one more thing. Is it okay if we run a few minutes over? Is that okay? I just want to pray with some sick people. It's my One of my biggest passions is to see people healed. I hate sickness. I really do. I have a hatred for it. Not only when it attacks me, but when I see attacking others and hindering with the, all the potential and possibility their life. I, I, Father gave me way back, five weeks after I got born again, I went down on the streets of Manchester began praying for the sick because I just have a, a passionate hatred and I want to see the power of God released. It kind of motivates me. I want to see God touching people's lives. And I hate what the devil does to people. So I want to pray with those that need a healing touch today. There's someone here, you're having problems with your kidneys. Stuff's just not flowing properly as a result of that. I want to pray for you. There's someone who's having some major neck problems. You have a stiff neck. Listen to what I said. I didn't say you are a stiff neck. You, you have a stiff neck. You're finding it's pretty hard to move your neck. Someone else, you're having a pain that just starts at the back of your head. It just comes forward. It just really incapacitates you turns into migraine of course but it just is there okay I'm going to pray in just a moment sir hallelujah 
Somebody got some bad news. You visited the doctor this week and you got some bad news about what's going on internally. And they're not, not too hopeful about that. I want to pray with you today. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is in the house. The healer's here. I am absolutely convinced that God is a healer. You say, well, you've walked through sickness. Yeah, but I've walked through sickness, but God is still the healer. My experiences don't determine whether the Bible's true. The Bible is true. You know, we used to have a little saying, God said it, I believe it, it's true. That's the wrong saying. God said it, it's true. It's irrelevant what I think. <laughs> if God says it, it's true. And he shouted through the ages, I am the Lord who heals you. I believe it. I've seen this year, we can't even catalog how many testimonies we get. Sometimes in meetings, five, six hundred people will come and share with their leaders in different ways the healing. I was doing a meeting the other day, 70 people, just one little training group. Over half the people got physically healed. They weren't there for healing. They came for some training. And God healed them just during a Wednesday morning because God's in the house. He's a healer. He's a healer. So if I, if I called out your sickness or I didn't, God's still aware of it. He knows a lot more than I do. And if you have a sickness in your body, a pain in your body, something happening, just run to the front if you can. We'll get someone to help you. Come to the front quickly. We're going to pray for you. Those that are responding to those words, if you've got some illness, some pain in your body, just come to the front quickly now. And we're going to pray with you and believe for the power of God to touch you. That's it. Come on forward now. This is your moment. This is your moment. Hallelujah. I tell you what, if there's something I need from God and somebody says, I'll pray for you for it, I'm there before anybody else. I'm not messing about. I'm not going to fall short of this. Hallelujah. If you have pain in your body right now, I want to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that pain. I command that pain to go in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. For me, singing a song about the power of His name is not just a song. It's a declaration of what I believe. There is power in the name of Jesus. Even sickness has to flee. Demons of sickness have to flee. They tremble. You know what? Demons tremble as soon as we mention Jesus' name. I could come to you in my name and they'll laugh. But when I come to you in the name of Jesus, demons tremble. And they're trembling right now because some of you have been under the spirit of sickness. And they're trembling right now because Father's going to minister healing. If you believe God's a healer, I'd like some of you to come join me. Come and stand with some of these folk. If you're in this house and you believe that Jesus is the healer, yep, some of you meant to be doing this stuff anyway. Come on, come and stand with them. This is not for you to catch them. All right? I, I really, in fact, I often in my my times, I ask them to hold people up. <laughs> not because I don't want you to experience the fullness. It's just that I, I, I want to make sure we really get what we need to get. If you do fall down, that's fine. If you swing from the lights, well, I, I don't know what Sheridan thinks, but I don't, I don't care if you swing from the lights. It doesn't matter. The thing is this, that you encounter God. That's the issue, that you actually encounter Him. So, Father, I thank You right now. Just reach your hands out like you're receiving. I want you to have your hands out like someone's putting something in them. Because He is. He's putting health in your hands. He's putting healing. I want you to visualize this. It's like He's coming along and He's just releasing His healing. 
He's just releasing that healing into you now. All you're doing is receiving. You don't have to fight for it, wrestle for it, plead for it, beg for it. You just have to receive it right now. And I speak a word of healing for those kidneys to be healed, for that neck to be released and healed. For that bad news, we rebuke the effect of that bad news right now. And we speak the word of God that my God will turn that thing around and what was intended for harm will work for good for you. I release that over you in the name of Jesus. And I just command every ounce of pain to be removed from these bodies. release this healing power. We release this healing power. We release this healing power. Just receive it. Receive it. Just receive it. There it is. Just receive it. Just receive it. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Just receive it. Just receive it. Receive it. There's a lot more than healing that Father's releasing to you as well. Sorry, was it Claire? Yeah. Father's releasing a lot more to you, Claire. In this moment, it's not only health. Some other transactions taking place in the Spirit. Receive that right now. Receive it. Receive it. Receive. Just receive. Receive it. Receive. Receive that healing now. Receive it. Receive. Receive. He's not come to just touch you a little bit. He's come to make you whole. He's come to make you new. I release that now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Be made whole. Be made whole. Receive. Just receive it. Just receive it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If we had hours, we'd have people up here and you'd see them getting healed and you'd hear their testimonies. It doesn't matter. God's at work. It's not what I see. It's what God's doing. So I thank you, Father, for your healing. Thank you for your power. Thank you for the testimonies that are going to be given in the days that lie ahead for all that you've done. And we're going to make sure that you and you alone get all the honor. And you and you alone get all the glory. We thank you so much, Father. We bless your name. Would you give the Lord a big clap as you make your way back to your seats? Just head back to your seats. Hallelujah. As I hand back to Sheridan, I just forgot to mention we have some resources 